All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Success Quest. I'm really excited today because we have an incredible guest on the show. We have Adam Mendler, and he is the CEO of the Velos Group. He is also the host of the 30 Minute Mentors podcast, and he's been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, BuzzFeed, Business Insider, and many more. So welcome to the show, Adam. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you doing today? Jacob, I'm great. Thanks for having me on with you. Thanks for having me on with your listeners. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you. I was doing a little bit of research before I jumped on this call, and just looking at your website, I'm scrolling through a mile-long page of links that are features of you and articles you've either written or been talked about in. And so you've definitely done a lot in your career, and I'm excited to kind of dig into that and learn a little bit more about you. Sounds great. I'm here to spend as much time as you'd like and dig as deeply as you'd like. Awesome. Well, let's kind of start like back at the beginning. Obviously, uh, I, I love learning about people's journeys, learning about where they came from and how they got where they are. Uh, what's your story? How did you get where you are today? That's a good question, Jacob, and I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. So I'll do my best to answer it on the fly. But I am from LA, born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and grew up on a street called Velos Avenue. So we named the Velos Group after the street that we grew up on. I started the Velos Group with my brother. So when we were starting the company, there was no choice but to name it after Velos Avenue. And mm-hmm. growing up in Tarzana, California, a suburb of LA, was a big part of who I've ultimately become. I went to college at USC, had a great experience there after USC. I moved to New York for about two and a half years, worked for what was then the largest hedge fund in the world, a company called D.E. Shaw. Worked there um, up until my mid-20s. So at age 25, I went to UCLA Business School, moved back to LA. And while I was in business school, I worked for a really big studio and a really big talent agency. So got some experience in the entertainment industry, worked at uh, Universal Pictures and William Morris Endeavor. And then when I graduated, I went back into the finance world working for Credit Suisse. And when I was in my late 20s, I was 28, I left corporate America and started the Velos Group. And the rest is history. So since starting the Velos Group, we've created three different businesses, an office furniture company called Beverly Hills Chairs, where we are the leading sellers in the country of refurbished brand name office chairs. So anyone interested in Herman Miller Aeron chairs um, or Steelcase Leap chairs or Herman Miller Mira chairs, the most popular office chairs in the country that retail for over $1,000 brand new, we sell refurbished at deeply discounted pricing, over 50% off. That's one of our businesses. We have another company called Custom Tobacco, where you can go online and create fully customized private label cigars in real time. Premium cigars, we source them from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. Everything's customized, the shape, the size, flavor, filler, and the cigar band. And uh, we have a software development company where we work with early stage to middle market companies on all kinds of custom software development. So that's my life as an entrepreneur. I've done a lot of writing and speaking. I speak on 
a number of different topics, primarily centered around leadership. And uh, most recently started 30-Minute Mentors, my podcast, where each week I go one-on-one with one of the most successful leaders in the country, founders and CEOs of household name companies, generals, admirals, celebrities, athletes, on how they got to the top and more importantly on how listeners can get to the top as well. So mm-hmm. worked on a number of different things, uh, hopefully give a little bit of a flavor of my journey to where I am today. Obviously, we can do a deeper dive on any one of those topics or on all those topics, but hopefully that's at least a decent overview. Yeah, no, that's incredibly helpful. And I've been taking some notes. And so we can definitely dive deep into a lot of these topics. One of the things that's really kind of standing out to me is just the mixed uh, assortment of things that you've done. You've, you've kind of been all over the place. You've been in the finance world and the entertainment space and tobacco and furniture. Like you've, you've been, you've got your hands in a lot of things. And I often hear people talk about like the importance of specialization. Do you find that it's actually helpful to, to diversify and not specialize though? Or do you think specialization is something that that's beneficial? I think specialization is extremely important. I think that a lot of people will look at my bio and will look at my journey and will look at my background and will say, oh, wow, that's really cool. You've built out three different businesses and three different industries. And <laughs> But I, the advice that I give actually runs counter to that. I tell mm-hmm. people, don't do what I did because <laughs> I did not follow the path of least resistance. And mm-hmm. The people who are attaining success at magnitudes much greater than the success that I'm attaining are people who have picked one idea and have focused on it and have gone all in and have really made that their life. Mm -hmm. So that is the advice that I give people. Um, As much as it's tempting to try to do lots and lots of different things, the more focused you are, the more specialized you are, the more successful you will ultimately be. Mm-hmm. We learned that the hard way, even though we have three different businesses, we were pushing on 10 different ideas when we started. And yeah. it took us yeah. learning by failing and learning by realizing that there was no way we were going to successfully pull off 10 different ideas until we focused on two and two became three. But even that can be quite challenging at times. As far as finding an area of specialization, I think that that is extremely important. I try to focus at least on my thought leadership around the topic of leadership. Mm-hmm. So when I speak to audiences, when I'm booked as a speaker, when I write in Forbes or when I write in Inc., when I do these kinds of podcast interviews with different leaders, the area of specialization that I've carved this niche around is leadership. Now there are different subcategories. I'll get brought in to talk about lessons learned from America's top leaders. I'll get brought in to talk about leading during a crisis, Mm -hmm. how to become a better leader, leading in today's landscape. But I do believe that in any business you're in, being specialized is extremely important. With our office furniture business, Having that niche 
of refurbished brand name office chairs, being the leading sellers of refurbished Herman Miller Aeron chairs is what allows that business to be there. So if we just said we're selling chairs or we're selling office furniture, well, what's your specialization? So yeah, you right. do need to have a specialization. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, a million office furniture stores out there, right? So if that's, if that was your niche, then that's going to be almost impossible for people to find you in the sea of people. But if you have a very specific target audience and a very specific niche that you're, you're catering to, then, then you can really serve those people really, really well. Um, so I think, I think that's some great advice. You talked a little bit about thought leadership, and this is something that I've been very, very interested in. And I'm, I'm more than anything, I'm kind of curious, like how in the heck do you become a thought leader? There's a lot of people out there that are, that are thought leaders, but how do you get from zero to that? Is it just putting out content? Is it writing? Is it jumping on podcasts? How, how do you actually get to the point where you're considered an expert in a field? It's a great question. The first step is developing expertise in something. So before you can go out there and have the ability to share knowledge, you have to have knowledge to share. So my first tip to anyone who is interested in becoming a quote unquote thought leader is figure out what area of expertise you want to really focus on or specialize in and try to learn as much as you can about that area. And there are so many different ways we can learn, but hopefully it's grounded in some sense of personal experience. In my case, I've led all different kinds of teams. I've led different kinds of businesses. I've led nonprofit groups. I've led, um, sports teams, you know, so I've led different groups throughout my life and leadership has been an area that has been of deep interest to me from the time I was a little kid. So for me, it was very natural. Um, so what is that for you? What are you interested in? What mm -hmm. is the topic that really gets you going and become an expert in it? Develop yeah. a perspective, yeah. have something unique to say, say something that not everyone else is saying <laughs> and be authentic. Use your own voice. Don't try to be the best version of someone else. Be the best version of yourself. So that's the way to do it. As far as mechanically, what do you do? Get out there, put your thoughts out there, put your content out there write for as many different publications as you can, even if they're not the biggest brand name publications, just start putting content out there. And if you have something valuable, if you have a perspective that resonates with people, people will like you, people will follow you, people will give you positive reinforcement. And the positive reinforcement helps fuel the desire to continue to put more content out there. So I don't think that this path is for everyone, but if this is something that you're interested in doing, the first step is, is learning and the second step is doing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you mentioned that it, this path isn't for everyone. Um, who is it for? I mean, what results come from becoming a quote unquote thought leader and what type of people should aspire to that? Yeah, I don't think that there's necessarily a particular profile of a person who should be doing this or shouldn't be doing this. I don't think you need to be a CEO of a company mm-hmm. or don't need to be a CEO of a company. I think that some people are a lot more comfortable operating behind the scenes. Some people are a lot more comfortable with a more private persona. Mm-hmm. And some people are a lot more comfortable getting out there. I, I recently had Anthony Scaramucci on my podcast. And one of the things that Anthony said, which was interesting, is he cited the example of Jeff Bezos, the <laughs> wealthiest man in the world, who we very, very rarely see in media. He doesn't do a lot yeah. of interviews. We don't see him on television. But he's the richest guy out there. And Anthony Scaramucci, who's an extremely successful guy, but he's not at Jeff Bezos's level. Yeah, being on TV was a very big part of building his brand. And there are a lot of other people out there that we could point to in both of those camps. So it's not for everyone. I think the easiest way to answer that question is by asking yourself that question. Mm-hmm. You need to ask yourself, is this for me? Is this something I want to do? Am I comfortable with this? Does this resonate with me? Is this something that I enjoy doing it? Is it natural? Is it organic or is it forced? And and it also really comes down to, do I have something to say? If you don't have something to say, then why add more noise? So no reason to speak just for the sake of speaking. I would rather listen than speak if I don't have something to contribute. So my podcast is mostly me listening to my guests and mm-hmm. not a whole lot of me speaking. This podcast, I'm doing, doing most of the talking. <laughs> my podcast, I'm doing most of the listening. And yeah. as a leader, you need to be a great listener as a thought leader. It's a, a lot of it is um, listening, learning, and, and then contributing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel, yeah, that's one of the main reasons we have this podcast is just to learn. Like I get to jump on calls with amazing people like yourself and, and pick your brain a little bit. So uh, I think there's definitely a place for listening and then there's definitely a place for sharing and, and providing value. Um, and it, it's, it's really a great way to build a brand if you, if you have something to share, like you said, and if you have a unique perspective or a unique opinion on something. So yeah, there's a lot of power in that. I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about transitioning from corporate America to being a business owner and an entrepreneur. You were at hedge funds and in business and entertainment, and then you decided to go out on your own. What was it that led you to make that decision? I was at a stage in my life where I felt like I wanted to make an impact. I was at a stage in my life where I felt like if I was ever going to take a chance entrepreneurially, it was a good time for me. My energy was never going to be higher. My expenses were never going to be lower. And when you're working at a big company, you can oftentimes feel like you're a cog in the machine. You can oftentimes feel like 
you're it, it's hard to make the kind of impact that you want to make and the Velos group for me was really a vehicle to be able to do that was a way to be able to try to make a difference build a culture uh impact people and i've been fortunate in that i've been able to do that in a number of different ways and that was a very big driver for me yeah i think that that's that's really awesome i've have a lot of those same feelings i have a full-time job right now but i'm also doing success quest and multiple other things on the side uh because because i totally feel that i i I want to make a big impact in this world. And I feel like sometimes the only way you can really do that is when you're, when you're in charge of your, your own destiny. So, um, and I think it's interesting that you decided to go into business with your brother. A lot of people say never mix family and business, like stay away from that. Uh, but obviously it's worked out for you guys. What, what's the secret of that? And do you think that you should avoid going into business with family for the most part? I think it's a really important question that first and foremost, everyone needs to really take the time to think through. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the answer is going to be the same for every person and for every family. The family dynamics matter a lot. The personalities matter a lot. There are very clear pros and cons to going into business with family. I can tell you in my case, there are ways in which it's worked out very well, and there are definite drawbacks. One very clear drawback is the lack of separation. You're never taking a break between work and family. So anytime you're at a family gathering, you're talking about work. It's just what it is. And you need to be prepared for that. So work is always on. And... That's something that, among other things, you need to be prepared for. I think you need to really think about the working relationship. You need to really think about the dynamics and how that will work. In the case of my brother and um, how that's worked out, one of the things that we have going for us is that we're very different. So there's not a lot of overlap in terms of our skill set. What he brings to the table is very different from what I bring to the table. So we were able to form a good team that allowed us to pair our strengths. And um, I, I had an intern one time who once told me that, you know, if you and Jordan were combined, uh, you'd be the perfect person. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a insult or a compliment, but, but it's the truth when you think about it. And, and, between my brother and me, there are a lot of things that neither of us do well. And we hire people who do things that neither of us can do well. So you right. need to fill right. the gaps. But whether you're thinking about going to business with a family member or not, I think it's really important to understand what you do well, what you don't do well, and bringing people around you to complement that. But when you're thinking about going into business with a family member, it just adds that extra layer of items to consider. And there's a different level of thought that needs to be taken into account when you're thinking about going into business with a spouse. Mm. I'm single, so I don't, I don't have that thought process, but I have a number of friends who have gone into business with their husband or with their wife. 
And I've seen it go in very different ways, in different directions. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. a friend who, um, husband, wife team, and the marriage didn't work out. The business, you know, business did okay, but the marriage didn't. And I, I know husband and wife teams that work really well together and have harmonious marriages. So you need to really understand your dynamics and be comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost sounds like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if it's a family member or not. But whenever you're going into business with anyone, you just need to really, really think about it because a business partnership isn't a isn't a small thing. So it sounds like no matter what, just really think about it. Make sure that you're bringing on the right people that have the right skill sets that are complementary to yourself. And am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Um, so in your experience building these different companies as part of the, the Velos group, what are some of the, the biggest lessons and takeaways that you've learned? We can spend an entire episode on this one. We can probably spend five years on this one. My God. I, I can tell you one thing that I've learned that we talked a little bit about earlier is the importance of focus the importance of understanding that you can't do everything. So Mm -hmm. you need to marshal your time and energy and resources in a way that will allow you to be productive. And I can tell you in our first year and a half as a business, we spent a lot of time and energy and effort, but we were largely running in place because we were running in so many different directions that we were not running forward. Mm-hmm. And if you want to run forward, if you want to push your business forward, you have to be very clear focused. You have to have your team clearly focused on the right priorities. And that's a big lesson for me. It's a huge lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Another important lesson learned for entrepreneurs who are entrepreneurs like me who are bootstrap entrepreneurs I'm not in businesses where I went out and raised capital. I'm in businesses where we started them through our own personal savings. Yeah. You need to be really focused on cash flow. That is a big lesson. In that first year and a half, we were not focused on cash flow. We were focused on ideas. We were focused on the vision. We were focused on all the kind of fun stuff that entrepreneurs love talking about and thinking about and dreaming about. And we lost sight of the most important thing, which is money in versus money out. And unfortunately, the money was flowing out, not flowing in. Mm -hmm. And we had to really hunker down and focus on cash flow to get the business in a place where we were able to operate effectively. Um, And that's something that Sounds so basic, but you and you need to remind yourself as an entrepreneur that at the end of the day, to particularly when you're running a bootstrap business, there's nothing more important than cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, how many more lessons do you want? <laughs> well, you can keep going if you've got some other great ones on the top of your head. I'll give you. How about do you want two more lessons? Let's do it. Yeah, two more sounds great. You can't scale. You can't scale a business by yourself. You need to hire great people in order to build something. 
So you need to, in order to take your business to that next level, you need to spend as much time as possible working on your business and not working in your business. So you need to initially spend time working in your business, but you need to get to a point where you're working on your business and you have the right people working in your business. And to do that, you need to truly understand how to hire. And that'll lead me to this last tip, which is I think all too often we focus on the wrong things when it comes to hiring. We focus on the external markers of success What school did you go to? What grades did you have? What were Mm -hmm. your test scores? Mm -hmm. What companies did you work for? Things like that. Instead of what really matters, which is who are you as a person? What is your work ethic like? What is your character like? Are you a problem solver? Are you someone that gives up quickly? Or are you someone that will ultimately figure out how to get things done? Are you someone who is resourceful? Are you someone who is competitive? Not necessarily competitive with others, but competitive with yourself. Competitive to get things done and competitive to ultimately perform to the best of your abilities. How do you fit within our culture, within the company culture that we've created, within the culture of the company that you're looking to work in? These are really important things that all companies need to think through really closely when they're thinking about hiring. Yeah. I think that the importance of hiring can really easily be overlooked. In my own case, I, I have been doing website freelance work on the side for a very, very long time. And I, have always just kind of done it on my own and I'm getting to the point where I'm wanting to scale it and I'm wanting to grow it. And I'm realizing I can't do that. (laughs) Like I can't do everything. I can't be in every piece of the puzzle. And so being willing to hire and being willing to bring people in to help it's, it's hard, but it's absolutely necessary. But I think a lot of times, especially the type of people that are entrepreneurial, they like to have control (laughs) or at least I do. (laughs) And so it's, it's hard to let go of that control sometimes. Sure. That's great. Yeah. I'd love to learn a little bit about speaking and how to get involved in speaking. If that's something I was interested in doing, um, how would I go about getting my first speaking gig? Because I kind of feel like it's a chicken and an egg situation where once you've had a speaking opportunity, then you have that in your portfolio. You can kind of show that off and then get more speaking opportunities. But how do you get that first one? Initially, it's really just putting yourself out there and speaking for free Mm -hmm. and talking to as many organizations as are willing to have you talk to them. So go out and talk to high schools, talk to rotary clubs, go out and talk to whatever groups you can to just get your message out there. And the more speaking you do, the better you'll be as a speaker. The better you'll hone your message, the better you'll understand the ins and outs of how to connect with and resonate with and command an audience. So my best advice is just to try to get out there as much as possible. Now, that advice isn't really relevant right now because you can't leave your home. But uh, in normal times, that's what I think all of us should be doing. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. 
putting yourself out there. I love it. And I mean, honestly, that's the same way when just about anything in business. I remember when I designed my first website, it was for a close family member and I did it for free. Uh, sometimes you just have to, you have to do it because that's how you learn. That's how you get better. That's how you improve. And that's also how you get some exposure. So makes totally. a lot of sense. And when you think about that first website you designed, I'm sure you made a number of mistakes that you were oh, yeah. glad <laughs> you didn't make on a paying client, let alone on a huge client. So mm-hmm. you've got to take your lumps early on. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast, uh, the the 30 Minute Mentors podcast. I'm I'm a huge podcast nerd. Obviously, we're on a podcast right now. What is it about your podcast that makes it special? Well, the fact that you're talking about it on your podcast makes it special. So that's, that's <laughs> but what I try to do with 30 minute mentors is I try to give listeners access to the best network of mentors possible in 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. what I do is each week I go one-on-one with one of the most successful people in the country, founders and CEOs of household name companies. Some of my guests in are include the CEOs of Gold's Gym, the CEO of Deloitte Consulting, the CEO of Campbell Soup, the founder of Electronic Arts, the, wow. fa- the founder of FanDuel. Um, I've had you, you kind of go up and down the list. Um, C- CEOs and founders of companies that all of us have heard of and admire generals and admirals. I had general Martin Dempsey on the podcast, retired four-star general was the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff under president Obama, admiral Jim Stavridis, four-star admiral, supreme allied commander of NATO. I have had and continue to have leading celebrities and athletes. Rob Lowe was on the podcast, Suzanne Summers, Ryan Tedder, Terrell Davis, NFL hall of famer, Um, and what we do is we spend 30 minutes and my goal is in the course of that 30 minute conversation to give listeners as much valuable information as possible Mm -hmm. to allow them to become more successful personally and more successful professionally to ultimately become better leaders, to become better leaders in whatever capacity that they're going to be leading, whether they're going to be leaders of companies, whether they're going, to be, they're going to be leaders within companies, or just how to become a better leader of their own life. And again, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I'm talking a lot on this podcast. I'm, I'm the guy talking right now. But on my podcast, I do a lot of listening. I ask questions. I try to ask thoughtful questions. I try to really guide the conversations in a way that I can learn as much as possible. And in turn, my listeners can learn as much as possible. So the goal for anyone who tunes into 30 minute mentors, and I, I hope that anyone listening to this podcast can is willing to give my podcast a shot. I, and the advice I give is just start with whichever guest is most interesting to you, because there really is a very wide variety of types of guests who I've interviewed. I've interviewed Kino McGregor, one of the leading names in the world of yoga. I've, influ- I've interviewed <laughs> um, Dr. Kamlesh Patel, one of the world's foremost experts on mindfulness. 
So I'm trying to find the absolute best of the best and bringing their perspectives to listeners, making them accessible. At the end of the day, we all need mentorship. We all benefit from mentorship. And what I'm trying to do through 30-Minute Mentors is bring the best network of mentors possible to listeners by just clicking that subscribe button and tuning in for 30 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got me. I'm definitely going to go and at least listen to one episode and uh, leave you a review and, and subscribe because the, I, I'm a big podcast nerd and I just love them. And I love, I love learning. And I think that you're definitely providing a, an incredible podcast with a lot of value. So I'm going to go and give it a shot. So I guess the last question I have for you, Adam, is is what does success mean to you? Love that question. And the first way that I answer that question is I think it's important that everyone has a definition of success. Your definition of success could be different than my definition of success, but it's mm. important that you have one. My definition of success is something that I learned not from business school, but I learned from watching one of my favorite movies. It's a wonderful life. And it's the net value that you contribute to the lives of others. What difference are you making in the lives of other people? How are you making an impact in each person who you're encountering in your life? Now, when you go to business school, what is net value? That's something that you can calculate. Uh, in an accounting class or finance class very differently than how I'm calculating it. And the way that I'm calculating it is a way that actually can't be calculated. It's, it's calculated in a way that isn't quantifiable. It's a way that you just know and feel, but you need to ask yourself, are you making an impact in the lives of others? And I just try to do that. I, however I can in whatever way I can. And Hopefully, anyone tuning into this podcast today, hopefully I've made some positive impact in your life. Hopefully I've shared some piece of advice, some tip that's been an additive in some way to you. And if I've done that, then I've been successful in in this way. And Mm -hmm. that's my way of measuring success. Yeah, I love that, man. I think that... That is the answer right there, making an impact, making a difference. And even if it's just one person, it, it, it means the world to that one person. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Um, where can we check you out? Obviously I know you have a website, you probably have websites for all of the businesses you're involved in too. Um, but what's the best way if somebody wants to follow you, kind of see, see all of your stuff, where can they go? Thanks for that question. So I try to make it really easy. Just my name, Adam Mendler. So you can go to adammendler.com. You can follow me on social media, at Adam Mendler, at Adam Mendler on Instagram, at Adam Mendler on Twitter. My podcast, 30 Minute Mentors, is available at 30minutementors.com. That's all spelled out. It's also available on just about every podcasting app. So whatever your favorite podcasting app is, just type out 30 Minute Mentors, listen, hopefully subscribe, hopefully enjoy and hopefully learn a couple things from whatever episode or episodes you tune into. We talked a little bit about Beverly Hills chairs. That's um, my office furniture company, beverlyhillschairs.com. Custom tobacco 
is customtobacco.com. Try to make it as straightforward as possible. We live in a time and place where if you use Google and punch in a couple of words, uh, you, you show up. So mm-hmm. for sure. But it, uh, it was a Woody Allen who said 90% of success is just showing up. So <laughs> yep. Show up. Try to show up on Google. I love it. And I'll, I'll go ahead and throw all of those links in the show notes too. So um, just go ahead and scroll down in your podcast app and you can go ahead and click on those links and, and follow Adam. So anyways, thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. This is going to be one of those episodes that I go back and listen to again and again to try to get all that value out of it. So I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being here. I appreciate the kind words and I really appreciate you having me and I appreciate your listeners for taking the time to tune into this podcast. And thanks again. Yeah, thank you. 